You're listening to the Party in My Plants podcast, and you're about to learn how writing in a journal, which could even mean your phone, can actually legitimately non-BSLE give you more of what you want in your life. Welcome to the Party in My Plants podcast, where I make healthy living as fun as a party so you'll, you know, actually want to do it and then actually feel, look, and live your best. I'm your host, Talia Pollock. Now let's get this party started. My guest today is partially responsible for me even starting this podcast, though she probably doesn't even know that yet. Katie Dalebout has been killing the podcast game since 2013 with her show, Let It Out with Katie Dalebout. God, I love good rhymes. She's interviewed the coolest peeps on the planet, including Josh Radner, yeah, the Ted from Have You Met Ted on How I Met Your Mother, Joe Cross, yeah, Mr. Fat Sick and Nearly Dead, and me. (laughs) I'm excited to mention that Katie and I are also both speaking at an amazing healthy living event in Philadelphia this April 22nd, 2017, a week before my birthday, yo. It is called the Good Fest, and it's a jam-packed day of pleasure. Lance and peeps like us there to light a little fire in your tushy to go home and get living your best life possible. It would be beyond good to meet you at the Good Fest in April and tickets are going really fast. So check them out at goodfest.com slash tickets and use the coupon code plantparty10 for 10 buckarooskies off your ticket. Okay, now back to Katie, who is a master at helping people figure out who they really are and what they really want inside by becoming more in touch with their inner truth. And thankfully for us, she doesn't just keep her cool intuition tapping techniques to herself. She recently came out with her first book, Let It Out, A Journey Through Journaling, where she published 55 journaling exercises. Oh, wait, did I mention that she's a journaling genius and that she promises that if we all do more journaling, we can well, basically get everything we truly want out of our lives? If you're a bit skeptical, I'll admit I am too. So let's dive into this convo with Katie who can hopefully back up this bold claim. Katie, I am so happy you're here. Oh my gosh, it's so funny that the microphones have turned. I was just not too long ago interviewed for your amazing show and now we flopped. Thank you so much for coming on. Kidding. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited and I'm so proud of you that you started a podcast and it's amazing. I'm so, so psyched to be here. Thanks for having me. You've led the way, girl. You've really, you've been doing it for so long, doing such an amazing job and really helped me feel that I could get this microphone up at my Mm -hmm. face and make a difference too. (laughs) Oh, thanks. Yeah. I feel like I'm kind of a um, grandmother in podcasting now since I've been doing it for so long. And it's funny because, you know, I've always admired your ability to speak so truthfully about yourself on your show and just ask guests such deep questions about themselves. That's just something that you're so great at. And I feel like your book, Let It Out, has really helped me understand you better and how you're able to Hmm. do this because it's just, it's so obvious with your deep devotion to journaling that you're such an introspective person and that that's just comes out in your interviewing abilities. So let's just start by you telling us about your awesome journey into journaling. Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, thank you. That's true. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think I'm a naturally curious person because 
I'm an only child, so that makes me introspective. And I'm just kind of fascinated about, you know, psychology and personalities and people, you know, I, people are, are my thing. You know, <laughs> I, I love connecting with people and talking to people and get to, getting to know people. I'm, I'm very much in my head type of a person. Um, actually something I'm like trying to work on is like being more in my body, but it's that part of it comes really naturally to me, you know, connecting with people. So to answer your question about journaling in particular, I was graduating from college and I was in a bookstore and I had a gift card and I of course was in the self-help section again, (laughs) maybe in like the health section, like just like in that was what I would spend it on, of course. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, I feel like I've read all of these. I know all of these, but like there's something else. Like there's something. Like a disconnect or something's missing. Yeah. Like what is happening to me <laughs> that I don't like, I'm still not like happy and flowing and mm. perfect. And and so I wandered out of the self-help section into the stationary section of that store <laughs> with my gift card. And I bought a journal instead. And nobody told me to, you know, at that time I was surrounded by therapists and coaches and mentors, but I still felt, you know, very much alone because I wasn't able to be myself with any of those people. I wasn't able to be vulnerable and raw and real. And I wasn't able to like say the really dark thoughts that I was having because I was afraid that people would judge me and I wanted to be liked and I wanted to be accepted and I didn't want people's judgment. And I also didn't want to say the really light thoughts that I had, like these really lofty goals of like things like wanting to write a book or travel the world or move away. Like I was afraid to say those things too, because I, I didn't want people's opinions or for them to judge me or tell me that I couldn't have those dreams. And so I really didn't show too much of myself. I just kind of stayed somewhere in the middle and Mm -hmm. that wasn't really me. And and so in my journal, I was able to claim these really lofty goals and show my light. And then I was also able to like claim my darkness too. And just say like when I was feeling. It's awesome. And you know, I think we're all so skeptical these days about people promising that this or that can change their life. I I mean, I know I am. I've spent also a lot of time in the self-help section of bookstores and, and I was skeptical, honestly, about this journaling thing until I actually read your book. And I'll tell you, like, you had me at this whole 60,000 thoughts a day thing. You you had me right oh, there. Yeah, that's crazy, It was right? unreal. When you said we have about 60,000 thoughts a day, which in general is just insane, um, you know, but most of them are on repeat or they're recycled thoughts from yesterday or thoughts we're also going to have tomorrow. It just makes so much sense to me that it's probably in our best interest to figure out what the heck those thoughts are and change them or do something with them. Use them. Don't just keep doing them. Yeah, completely. And like, yeah, clean them up, you know, like just like you would shower your, like if you're having, wearing the same clothes every day, like you got to wash them eventually, you know, and And it's kind of the same thing and figure out what, what they are. Because if you're noticing patterns, you know, if you're having the recurring thought of, of a negative you know, reaction to something, figure out that that's happening and then change that. So yeah, that was just like, oh, boom, this makes so much sense to me, this whole journaling thing, because, you know, like our, our thoughts create a reality. And so if we change our thoughts, our reality will change, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. I think the interesting thing about that is that we take so much time, you know, caring for our bodies, our physical bodies, you know, especially as women getting our hair done and getting our nails done and 
going to our exercise classes and making our green juice and all of that. But our mental health really is the thing that's like driving this boat, you know, like our mental health is flying this plane that we're all on. And we're just kind of flying around in these meat suits and we're taking such good care of the, to like stay in the same analogy of the outside of this meat suit. But then we don't really spend that much time on the cockpit. We're just like running on autopilot a lot of the time where we can actually switch the program. And we have to be careful about the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves because those thoughts that we have on repeat become beliefs. You know, a belief is just a thought you think a bunch of times, right? So those beliefs become really scary. If you believe that you're too much for someone and you could never, you know, be in a relationship because you're just like too much Mm -hmm. or you believe that you're not smart enough to write a book, then you won't because you, it's not that that's true, but you will make it true because you will go through life believing that. And then therefore that's what you will do with your life. And you, you will be too much for someone. If you believe you are too much for someone that will like act out in your life. So it's about taking inventory of those repeat thoughts that might not be serving you. And the ones that are the ones that are really good things that you picked up from childhood. And it's all about like taking inventory of all the Velcro we've picked up in life, good and bad and deciding, you know, what we want to listen to, what's true, what's holding us back, what all of it. And just getting aware of it first is the first step to changing it. Right. And so your method, if you want to call it a method is through the journal. And so can you explain kind of like surface level, how journaling has really helped you get aware of those thoughts and how just, you know, big picture journaling helps us understand what thoughts we're repeating and how that's creating our reality. Because I mean, so many times I could have gone into so many situations with such negative thoughts and created such terrible outcomes. You know, when I used to do stand up, if I had gone on the stage and said, no one's going to laugh, no one's going to laugh. This is going to be awful. No one Mm -hmm. would have laughed. I had to tell myself that people are going to laugh. I had to visualize and hear the laughs as I was writing the jokes or else my thoughts, the negative ones would have created that reality. So have you, do you have any specific examples of how journaling helps with that? Or, you know, even just a big, big picture, um, surface level of, how journaling can help us. Yeah. I mean, I think I already said it. It's the self-awareness piece. Like journaling puts that mirror up in your face of who you really are at your core, because we go around life wearing masks. We wear masks. We wear a different mask with our family than we do with our friends than we do at work. Than we do, you know, we put on a different mask when we're out in the world, like just with like an Uber driver or with someone that's like scary to us or with like, you know, someone who's really safe to us, like we take a, but we, we are always wearing these different masks, but like when you're with yourself, you can be fully expressed. You can be fully vulnerable. You can be fully raw where you're too scared to be that you're too scared to express that outwardly in the world. You can be that 100% with yourself. And, and that is what journaling does. It helps with that self-awareness. It, it, again, it's very uncomfortable to people and it can be challenging, but it's imperative in your personal growth and, and self-development. 
Yeah. And I mean, I, it's sometimes even hard to write down if you're in denial of a negative feeling that you're having, it can be really transformative to even write that down and just even admit to yourself, Oh man, like I hate my job, you know, or I hate where I live. And maybe you were thinking it on repeat, maybe you were in denial that you were thinking it, but to actually write it down is, you know, step one in making any change. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Totally. 1000%. So, okay. So when I thought I was going to read a book on journaling, I was like, okay, I've started a hundred journals, you know, dear diary. And I sat on my bed, like all the girls in the movies and I've never gotten anything out of it. I've never finished a journal. I've probably, you know, like I don't mm-hmm. think many people have, but your book, it's not like teaching people how to write dear diary and like sincerely Talia, like that's not what it is. It's like more like a list, a list book pretty much with prompts. It's, and I think that's fantastic. And I love that you brought it in that direction. So what, how did you get to this idea that like giving people prompts and giving us these lists was really the way to go? Is that how you've always been journaling? No, no, I I didn't start journaling. Um, I never journaled like as a kid or when I was young, I really started in college when I was like, you know, hitting that bottom with not knowing what I was going to do with my life and trying to like figure out how to feed myself properly and like, Mm -hmm. just like trying to be a person. And I had to like get my shit together when, when the book first came out and I had to do some, um, what do you call that? I I had to go on the local news (laughs) and it was very quick, but this, this, and you know, like when it's like just five minutes, much different than this podcast. Mm. And, And she asked me this question, and I, I just answered it on the spot, but I actually kind of like what I said, even though it was very quick. She, she said, what's the difference between writing in a diary and writing in a journal? Oh, great my instant, question. My instant like um, reaction was like, oh, I, I have no idea. But I, this, this is what came out of me. Uh-huh. And I, I was like, I just made this up. But I said, well, I think that writing in your diary is writing about what happened. Mm. And then writing in a journal is writing about how you feel about what happened. You know, my book kind of guides you into the latter. You know, it guides you into the things that you might not be aware of if you were just writing down exactly what happened. And, you know, journaling is kind of the time where you can actually feel your feelings. And, And you know this from, you know, Gabby's work and from, you know, a lot of other personal growth work out there. You have to be able to feel it before you can heal it or move through it or, you know, let anything release or or let anything go. You first have to feel it fully. Totally. And journaling to me, being someone who's so in my head is a really great tool to get into the feeling of things. That's great. And I think that your book really helps people with different ways to feel different things. So you have these 55 prompts that people can use to achieve and experience different things in their life. So I'm wondering if you have a specific prompt that's like your favorite. I know that question kind of sucks, but like if you had a journaling prompt theme song from your book, which one would it be? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've been getting that question a lot. And I always go back to the same one. I'm deciding if I want to like switch it up and say a different one. Um, the tools are all based on different things, right? So they're, they're based on, um, everything. There's one that was inspired by my favorite episode of Seinfeld. There was one that, you know, was inspired by my favorite movie and, you know, one that like a quote my mom always said, and, and this one about, 
my favorite movie. It's called Happy Thank You More, Please. And it's a film by um, Josh Radner. He wrote, directs, and, and stars in it. And the, the whole concept of the movie is, is there's this beautiful monologue in the middle where one of the characters talks about how the universe is eternally abundant and it's this force that we can communicate with and send gratitude towards and, you know, have a relationship with essentially. And this tool in the book was, was based on that where, you know, the concept was, you know, the key to to happiness. This is what they say in the movie is gratitude. And if you give thanks, you know, after you say thank you to whatever happens in your life and your day, say more, please. And that sends a signal to the universe that you want more of that feeling, that emotion, that, that sensation in your life. And, and so that's what this tool asks you to do. It's essentially gratitude journaling, but noticing, you know, the good things that happened in your day and writing them down in your iPhone. So all the tools are to be done in different places. Mm -hmm. Some, you know, in your phone or on your computer, some of them, you know, in a journal or in a place where you can rip out because you actually have to like do something with the paper. And so they're all done at different spots. Yeah, but cool. this one should be done on your phone. So then you can do it as you see it because your phone is, you know, that thing we always have with us because yep. we're addicted to mm -hmm. them. <laughs> and, and then, you know, you can take inventory of those things at the end and I kind of guide you through what to do next. But, um, but that, that's probably my favorite because it, it is so lovely to, to look it's a, it's a really great way to go through life believing that the universe has our back as, as our friend Preach. Gabby Birds says. <laughs> yeah. Or if you put your connection to something greater than you, you know, call it God, call it the universe, call it mother earth, call it, you know, Buddha or, you know, like, I don't know, Kanye West, or like whatever <laughs> you want to call it. But if you put that creative force of energy before everything else, the highest good for all will happen, will come from that. So it's about putting your connection with the universe above anything else, just so you don't get lost. Like my, one of my biggest spiritual teachers is this person named Josh Radner, who's an actor who was in How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. And have you met Ted? Yeah. And he <laughs> wrote these movies and, um, and he said that, you know, if you put, truth and virtue and essentially the universe before everything else, it's essentially like you're, it's not for, you know, God's ego for you to put that relationship before anything else. It's for you to honestly be like, it's like a, a child in a crowded market. And it, the parent saying, hold on to my hand, not because I want you to think I'm the greatest thing in the world and not because I have an ego, but because if you don't, you're going to get lost you're going to get lost. You're going to think you're going to go this way and you're going to feel, think it's going to make you feel fulfilled, but it's not. You're going to go after money. You're going to go after, you know, this thing to make you feel pleasure. You're going to go after all these human pleasures and that's fine. You can do that, but hold on to my hand because if you do, you're going to do those things. And at the end, you're going to feel empty inside. And I'm just trying to like, protect you from that. So it's like a protection thing. So anyway, that was super heady and super long. And I think I veered away from your question. <laughs> Maybe that was in the neighborhood. Um, Definitely in the neighborhood. But Gratitude is legit. I mean, if you want more of anything, you got to be thankful for what you already have. You can't just mm -hmm. be needy and wanting more, more, more without saying thank you for what you have, have, have. That's just science and logic <laughs> and the universe yeah. and everything. <laughs> yeah. 
10,000%. And I love, so I have five um, favorite prompts from your book that I want to go through. My, yeah. One of my favorite is the joy jar, which is oh, another yeah. gratitude thing. Because for me, I've tried doing gratitude journals before, you know, I get into bed and I have this like pink notebook next to my bed. And every time I see it, I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to write good things that happened today. And like, I get into bed and I'm tired and I always forget to do it. So I love the joy jar because that's pretty much just like pop in a little piece of paper in a, you know, ball jar, empty nut butter jar of something good that happened and you can do it as it happened. And then you said to like collect it and and check it out at your birthday or on New Year's or any special day, right? That's pretty much what it is. I love that one so much too. Yeah, that that's a great one. That's so good just to collect things that you're grateful for and to look back and, you know, because we don't remember the amazing thing that happened last week. You know, if someone paid us a compliment or was just out of their way generous or, you know, liked a video that we made, you know, we won't remember that in a week or in a month or in a year. And it's really, those things add up. So it's, it's Mm -hmm. cool to physically collect them in the jar as, as you describe in the book. Yeah, I, I agree. I love that. (laughs) And, um, so the other ones that I love, I just, these were the ones that just stood out at me and I just want to talk to you about them. So I love the self care weekly outlook. Oh yeah. That's a good one too. Oh my goodness. Because you write, you know, self-care is our responsibility and most of us don't really treat it as seriously as other responsibilities. And that Mm -hmm. couldn't be more true for me. I will prioritize my work, my diet, my dog, my fitness, everything. And self-care is just like a long distance thought that just never happened. So do you want to describe this one? Because this one was just like, wow, this is the best. I think this is probably my favorite. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's really just about, like you said, prioritizing self-care. And it's something that, you know, there's obviously steps that are more specific in the in the tool. But I think that kind of kind of covers it and feel free to share anything else. um, Yeah, well, I love how like specific it is, because you encourage us to look at our calendar and circle things that kind of suck right? That we're not looking to the week ahead. And if there are Mm -hmm. things we can get out of, like, you know, a coffee with somebody that's just going to bring us down or that when we made the appointment, we were like, oh, this is a great idea, but then it just doesn't feel that great. Cancel it. But if it's like a doctor's Mm -hmm. appointment and you got to, you know, stick it out. So, so do it. But then it's almost like you say, Hey, tally the sucky things you're going to do. And then for each sucky thing, write in an awesome thing, a self-care thing. So a bath or a foot massage or a back massage or whatever. And the goal is to have one or two more awesome things than sucky things at the end of the week, like booked in, non-negotiable, scheduled yep. on the calendar. Yeah. I love that's, it. That's it. <laughs> I just love that. I just think that that's yeah. such a tangible, clever, you know, non, you know, floofy way to like really get your self care on the schedule. I love it. Um, the other one that really, really, really spoke to me from your book. And I think this is what you were saying when you were created one from your mom's advice was the way out of compare and despair. Oh yeah. That's, that's also one of my favorite tools for sure. Tell me how you came up with that one and, and dive into it if you can. Yeah, of course. My, my mom would always say this thing, when I was growing up and, you know, she still says it now too. 
concern yourself with you. I had to think about it. Yeah. Um, concern yourself with you. And when I, that was like, whenever I was, um, you know, in school being like, but then th- this girl was able to do that. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't understand like why I can't, she would always be like, concern yourself with you, concern yourself with you. And I think now, you know, especially with social media compare is never a good thing, you know, oh, usually. So, um, yeah. So I think it's just really about thinking that you are enough and you are enough. You are better when you're being more of yourself and it's about like becoming more of yourself and not caring so much what other people think. And it kind of guides you through, you know, how to do that. But really it's about like kind of making that your mantra. Right. Yeah. I mean, for me, I've always, my entire life really had a hard time with comparing. I just forever. I don't know what it was. I mean, it even led me to quit gymnastics and dance when I was younger. Cause I compare my thighs that were thicker to other girls and I stopped dance. I mean, I've done it every step along my way. And, and even now, you know, with Instagram and social media, it is YouTube, it's way too easy. So this one was just so, you know, strong for me because I've, you know, my dad's always said, play the hand you're dealt. And, you know, my mom's always said, stay in your own lane. And I've even been told to stay on your own yoga mat. But I think this is probably one of the hardest things for people to do, to just stay in their own lane, to concern themselves with just themselves. So I love Mm -hmm. that this tool really encourages you to kind of like, specifically address or write down, you know, the people that you're comparing yourself to and then see what aspects you're comparing and shift your perspective to see yourself as equals or to see that, Hey, wait, the thing that I really like about that person or, you know, want to be more likely that's actually already in me. I'm actually already kind of like that. Or here's what I can do to be more like that. I just, it just takes that, A, it's great to identify it so you're just not repeating those negative thoughts like we talked about. But B, it kind of helps you take action to improve those traits that you're seeing in someone else that you want more of in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It helps you kind of flip that script. Yeah. So you're not – it's not – in a negative place that you're comparing, you're using that to influence yourself to be more of what you want. Mm -hmm. That's great. I love it. It's so cool. And I love the ideal experience play by play, which is very similar to what I talk to clients about all the time with food. So you know, you describe going into, if you have like a big event, really writing down what you, how you want that to go, how you want that to feel, how you would envision, you know, yourself walking through the scary room and who you're going to talk to and what you're going to feel like. And I encourage my clients to do the same exact thing, but with food. So this one was just like hitting home for me too, because, you know, I always tell people, you know, visualize yourself turning down your mom's cheesecake. You know, what are you going to say? Is it going to, how are you going to say it? What's her face going to be? Imagine yourself choosing the like hummus and carrot sticks instead. And, and how's that going to feel? You're going to feel good. And, and I think that this one that you wrote, the ideal experience play by play is just such a wonderful exercise, but I love, I love, love, love that you put in the end to detach from the outcome that you're 
creating for yourself, the play-by-play, really, just like detach from it because then you can allow even better experiences to happen. Yeah. And I definitely want to pick up on what you, you said there. Like, I think that is such a dangerous thing that like, maybe they really wanted the cheesecake and that's okay too. You know, I think that's my big thing with body image and intuitive eating is about like not trying to sit on your hands and, um, not eat the thing you're not supposed to eat. But you know, if you eat it, then that's okay. And beating yourself up about it is not going to help anything. So I I just am so passionate about being very careful and gentle with the words, especially around food and body, because I know, you know, I and so many people are so susceptible to that sort of thing and can feel the guilt and the shame. And so I think, you know, with this tool and with life, it's like, yeah, have the ideal of what you want to do and how you want it to go. Because without that, you're just kind of willy nilly and you might be swayed in a way that you didn't want something to happen. But at the same time, be open to it going a myriad of, of ways, you know, hold on to the vision loosely. I think that's the really, you know, kind of the theme of this. Totally. And I love, you know, you have another tool, the feelings action list, which I think ties in perfectly with this because that's about choosing a feeling, you know, a way you want to feel and using that to guide your choices. So I'm a huge believer in that also with food. You know, I I ask my clients to think about how that food's going to make them feel. Do they want to feel the way that food is about to make them feel? And using that to guide their choices. And you suggest doing that too, picking a word and then choosing things throughout your day, not just food related, but, you know, if you want to feel calm today, you know, a bath is probably on the radar or lighting a candle or diffusing some essential oils or whatever it is. I love your suggestion to literally physically journal down a feeling and then make a list of cool things you'll do that day to achieve that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's also a a good one. Do you tend to do that in your personal life? Yeah, I used to do it all the time. I, I used to do it every single day. Um, I don't do it every single day now. You know, I think it it's kind of more fluid. But yeah, I, I actually have old Instagrams that come up on my time hop because I used to do it. And then I would post it every single morning for, for like a summer. And it was so such a beautiful practice for me. And, and I, I think that about all these I go in and out of, of doing them every so often. But um, I always come back to them. And I, I come back to different ones and I create new ones for myself all the time. And yeah, I'm just very fluid with all of it. And that's what I really encourage everyone to, to do with it. Yeah. So if someone's, you know, about to go to the store, buy a journal or pick up an old one that they started writing in years ago, and now they're feeling some mojo to get back in there. What, what words of advice do you have if, if you're overwhelmed or, or even excited? What do you think the first thing someone could do to start their journaling practice could be? And I think just carving out some time, you know, like I said, it, it's, it can be very uncomfortable. It can be jarring to spend time with yourself alone un, uninterrupted. So just carve out some time, but you know, it doesn't have to be a big deal. I think making it a big deal, you're more likely to not do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. just being really chill about it and making the time for it and just yeah. easing into it, not being like, okay, today's the day I journal again. Just like, all right, I'm going to pick it up tonight after a cup of tea, see what happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, my whole thing is like being chill about whatever it is that you're doing and not beating yourself up about it. Totally. That's, that's my 
perspective on food too. Yeah. <laughs> exact same thing. So speaking of food, I know that you are much more than just a journaler. You're also a plant partier yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you love the plants. So I'm wondering if you have a favorite plant party restaurant and a favorite dish at that restaurant. Oh, oh this is such a nice question. <laughs> um, Hmm. Yeah, I do actually. Um, and it's in your city. What? What is it? Yeah. I love Suen. Okay. Yes. Suen. Yeah, of course. Yes. I love, oh, cool. love, love. I've been to like all of the locations. Oh, um, nice. one of the East village is my favorite. Mm, that's cozy. Um, I love, so for people listening, it's a macrobiotic place and I love, I always get the macro plate and it's just for what I, I think like my body just must like love macrobiotic food or it's so something. Comforting. It's so, so comforting. So and it's grounding. Warm. Yeah. Yes. And they have amazing soups and they have this amazing like gluten-free cornbread mm, and it comes yeah. with like a tahini sauce and also like a jam Hell that you get yeah. warm. And like, that's what I always get to start. And then I, I usually get the macro plate, which is, um, steamed vegetables like kale and, um, other stuff. And then also squash, like a little bit of an acorn squash and then sea vegetables, which like are my favorite food. Mm. So a bunch of sea vegetables and then brown rice. Um, that's really good. And And beans sometimes, right? Yes. Sometimes beans. Um, I usually get mine without the beans, Mm. um, just because they make me really gassy. You're not alone in that one. (laughs) Um, but I love everything else. And then the best part is the sauce. There's like a carrot tahini sauce that I really like that I could drink. It is yeah. so good. Um, Oof, you're making yeah, me so crave it so favorite. bad now. That's my favorite place. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Yeah, everyone needs to go. I'm craving it so hard. I used to live right around the corner from the East Village one, literally. Oh, Stop yeah. it. We should go um, when I'm in town. Yes, please. That'd be great. Now I'm craving that cornbread. Ooh, yeah. Oh, it's so, so good. Oh, my good. God. Me too. I wish I could have that. Well, actually, if I can plug another place, um, locally, I'm actually probably going to walk there after this. There's a place called Om Cafe and they are a vegan place now, but they used to be a macrobiotic place. And so they used to have a macrobiotic plate on the menu, which I would always order when I went. Sorry, this is like too much detail, but no, please. Food detail is not too much detail. Yes, they used to have that on the menu and they took it off the menu, which is like a huge bummer. But on Thursday nights, they have it as a special. <laughs> so I try to go every Thursday night when I'm in town, oh, but I God. travel a lot, so I've been missing it. But anyway. That's, that's very funny. Nice. Thursday nights at Ohm Cafe. If anyone wants to go with me Thursday oh, night. You'll always be there. Uh-huh. You'll yeah. always be there. <laughs> so what about a favorite plant that you just love to eat in your life? And what is that plant? And what is your favorite way to eat that plant? Oh, um, sea vegetables, for sure. How do you um, eat them? I love them. I put dulse on everything. This is like oh. very weird. I should probably say something more mainstream. No, but, um, this is so good. I love dulse. I put it on everything. You sprinkle it on but in the little shakers. Yeah, I love for it. Salt, so like instead of salt or in addition? Yeah, I use a lot of salt too. I, I use both, but I love it. I just I put it on like salads and soups and I, I eat it like the big chunks, like just out of the bag. Wow. I just don't know what's wrong with me. Maybe I was like a mermaid in I the past sounds life. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I like that one and I really like RMA. Um, mm-hmm. That's the one. Actually, this place, Ohm Cafe, got me into that because that's the one that they have on their menu. And it's that one's really easy to make. I think they all are. I've made wakame as well, but I buy it at the health food store. And all you do is you let it soak in water for about 10 minutes or five minutes. And then 
you can just eat it at that point, like put in salads or whatever. Um, but what I usually do is then I take that and I boil it in hot water for about 10 minutes and then I, then it's done and I have it and I like have it for the week. And I love to, um, gosh, this is kind of weird, but like I eat it all the time. Like what I did last night, cause I just made a big thing of it is like when it's warm, I'll just like put a bunch of coconut oil on it and a bunch of sea salt and a bunch of cinnamon. I know it's like really weird. I've never heard of this before. Yeah. This, I eat really weird stuff and I put that on it and I like mix it all up and it's like pasta. I don't know. What? Really I have to try this. I'm very curious. Yeah. It's really weird. I don't know. It's what I do, but I also just kind of put in salads with like avocado or whatever. That's like what I would do if I, I'm, I spent a lot of time like only cooking for myself. So I'm not good at all with like making things that other people would also enjoy. Yeah. I'm just like, I know what I like and I just like do that. You I know? Feel, yeah. No, that's a hard thing to do. Whenever people, you know, I'm at someone's house and they like, cook for me. You know, it's, I don't know what you like. I don't know. We all like different things. <laughs> that's a hard one. So, okay. Finally, do you have a book besides your own that has inspired the heck out of you? I know you're an avid reader. Oh yeah. that That's a nice question. Um, Hmm. Gosh, I feel like I need to like go look at my bookshelf. There are so many. Sure. Um, you know, I'll I'll shout like out Gabby's her because her books were really important to me. Louise Hayes' "You Can Heal Your Life" was really important to me. Um, I'm a big Abraham Hicks person. What's so a good one to start with? Um, I think the whatever the first one they wrote is. I think it's like ask and it is given or like the law of attraction or something. Um, but I, I, I really enjoy them. Um, Kelsey Miller's book, it's called big girl. It's a, it's a memoir. That one, um, I really like, sorry, I'm giving so many. Um, and the book devotion by Danny Shapiro, um, is also a memoir type book that I read years ago when I was in high school or college, but it, it always has a big, um, impact on me and the book star girl I read in like elementary school but I still read it what? because I love that book so that's funny yeah. that's cool I've read the stranger a bunch of times I love that book <laughs> well on that note Katie thank you so much for coming on the show and talking to uh, us about journaling amazing to have you oh amazing to be here thank you so much Talia this is great thank you Thanks so much for listening to the Party in My Plants podcast. I hope you feel like dusting off the old journal and writing down some of those 60,000 daily thoughts of yours. Here's one thought. It might actually bring more of what you want in your life. Oh, and speaking of bringing, I'd love for you to bring yourself to this exciting wellness event where both Katie and myself are speaking, the Good Fest in Philadelphia on April 22nd, 2017. It'll be a jam-packed day with plant snacks galore, talks by peeps like Katie, a panel hosted by yours truly, all about how to live healthfully in your real everyday life, Duh. And other fun stuff all designed to light a fire in your booty so you go home truly amped to achieve your good life. And I would find it more than good to see you there. Check out the super affordable going really quickly tickets available at thegoodfest.com slash tickets and use the coupon code plantparty10 for 10 buckaroonies off your ticket. And you can find all the recipes, tips, and journaling ideas mentioned in this episode over at partyinmyplants.com slash 22.